0: Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Today's episode is brought to us by our good friends at Leadership Pathway, who help young leaders take their best and first steps into healthy ministry through launching residency and coaching for the first three years of ministry. If you have someone on your team who is in their first three years, or they're just starting with you, you don't wait to get them a coach to help them face the unique challenges of starting in re- in ministry. The reality is that those who make it through the third year uh, really will make it 10 or 20 years or longer, but so many quit. So many friends of mine quit in the beginning or got fired because they didn't understand or grasped the larger picture of what it was like to work in a local church. You're busy. You don't have the p- time. Well, let our good friends at Leadership Pathway help. $100 a month is nothing compared to the long-term cost of a young leader quitting or getting fired in the first three years. Leadership Pathway team has talked to thousands of leaders and worked with hundreds of churches in a variety of talk topics. They know the Gen Z. They know the millennial. Uh, they are working with this age group and are coaching leaders who are working with this age group all over the country. What I want you to do is to drop by leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary. That's leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary and check out how they can help your church. Let's go.
1: Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast.
0: Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have tuned in. I am super excited to have Bill and Christy Galtier with us today. These are fantastic new friends of mine from an organization called, organization called Soul Shepherding. Super excited to have uh, Billy Christie with us today. Welcome. So glad you're here.
2: Hey, Rich. Thanks for having us on on Seminary Podcast. Very fun. Oh, we love
3: so what you're doing in this podcast, and it is our honor just to join you and your listeners today.
2: We share a awesome. lot in common with uh, pastors, so, yeah.
0: Yes, nice. Well, Christy, why don't we start with you kind of describing soul shepherding. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you do, how you help people. Give us a sense of uh, of that.
3: Well, Bill and I, st- sorry, God called Bill and I early mm-hmm. on in college to study psychology together with mm-hmm. with really a call to ministry to understand people, the soul, and to understand how to help people really grow in their understanding and experience of God to be whole, healthy, and holy. And you know, back when we were in undergraduate school 30 years ago, there really wasn't a way to study the soul other than theology mm. or mm-hmm. psychology. And now there's right. this whole area of spiritual formation, which has been such a, a gift to the church. And we also have continued our studies in that. So we, while we have our doctorates in clinical psychology, we we also our spiritual directors, and we also serve kind of as pastors to pastors and leaders through our ministry of soul shepherding.
0: Nice. It's I'm looking forward to this conversation. I think after the year that we've had, uh, I think you you particularly, uh, I think could be really helpful for leaders who are, are listening in today for sure. Bill, you obviously interact with, with people. You both interact with people all across the country. But when you're thinking about um, some of the issues that leaders are facing, particularly in this season, what are those things that that bubble to the surface, Bill? What are those things that you think like, hmm, here's things that I, I keep hearing or we keep running into as we, we talk with friends across the country?
2: Yeah, as we talk with pastors and church leaders, uh, they're telling us that the sacrifices of ministry have just gone way up in this pandemic mm-hmm. year and mm-hmm. the rewards have gone way down. And that's not a good combination and so there's just a lot of pastors that are weary uh tired in their soul, and um, some cases running on fumes uh near burned out or 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 burned out and they're they're post they've postponed a lot of stuff that they would have done uh, with retreats and even vacations and uh conferences and uh, sabbaticals there's a like a backlog of sabbaticals, and that's one of the things that we do in our ministry is provide sabbatical coaching for pastors and church leaders. Hmm.
0: Christy, it seems like somewhere along the line in, in the ministry world particularly, it's like we valued burnt out leaders it's like we, we we like valued people who we would never say it like that but like yeah. we valued leaders who were like one percent below being burnt out it was like you run it to the red line just don't cross over the line why do you think that is what why is it that um it seems to be this epidemic of um you know tired exhausted uh leaders why why is that out there
3: Well, you know, it's not all bad. I've heard pastors very sincerely say, man, I want to burn out for Jesus. You know, there's a sense in which they want to give their all. They want to really be on fire. It's exciting and great work that God has called us to in ministry. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. exciting, so good, so worth giving our all and sacrificing for that. But what we're not realizing is it won't be sustainable.
0: Mm. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, so Bill, as you're engaging with leaders, how are you helping guide them to a more sustainable pr- approach? As you know, there's leaders that are listening in that might feel like, "Hey, this maybe they like you say put off a sabbatical, put off time off this year," and they're they're thinking about, "Hey, how do I how do I kind of develop the next step of this journey in a more sustainable way?" What does that look like?
2: Well, we foster uh, soul care and intimacy with Jesus for pastors and other leaders, and so. You know, we do that in a variety of ways uh, through our resources, of course, uh, conversations of spiritual direction with uh, empathy and prayerfulness, and just guiding someone in in their life and living into their relationship with God and their other relationships in ways that are are filling them up because we Mm -hmm. is. Ministry leaders, uh, church leaders, we've got so much outflow. We're, we're, the cause of the gospel is, is so great, as Christy is saying, that the needs of the church, the needs of the people, are so compelling that we we give our all, and that that's a very good thing. But if if our our inflows don't match our outflows, we have got a problem. And mm-hmm. so we've we've got to nourish that that inner flow of the spirit. And you know, I think a lot of us as pastors, and uh, you know, we, we sort of. We sort of think in terms of I ought to be able to do this myself. I've been through seminary, I've had this training, or I have this call and these gifts, and you know I've been been leading the church these years. And we, we get prone to rely on our abilities and our gifts too much, and it becomes sort of a, a professional thing that we're doing, and uh, we lose touch with our, our own needs because the needs of others are are so all consuming, and it, it happens slowly. You know, just a little bit of time, like boiling that frog in water, and you know, and then before we know it, we're, we're dried up. And then you throw in something like a pandemic, and you know, if if you're a leader and you, you're already uh, stressed or tired, and then the last year that we've had, what you know, we're hearing is just put a lot of people over the edge, mm-hmm. and our our whole world in a way is, is at the wall. And certainly the the church world in America, you know, we're not meeting together and all, all mm-hmm. of that, or now we're beginning to in some ways, but so many stress points around the issues of uh, of injustice and the disagreements politically and, you know, mask, no mask, meet, don't meet. And and pastors are in the middle of those conflicts in and, and, Pastors, uh, a lot of them are, you know, they're peacemakers. They're they're people mm. of the heart, and and they're they're relationally gifted. And to be caught in the middle of these conflicts, and having to be be so careful about what they say, for fear that it divides their church. And meanwhile. Let's not forget that while we're doing all this, we're adapting to new technologies and new ways of doing ministry. So these are just some of the examples of why that that stress level is like is so up, and there's the sacrifices we're making it as, as leaders are so up, and the rewards mm. are so down. Mm.
0: So Christy, when you so some people may not be familiar with spiritual direction, or they've heard that word and they're like. I'm not entirely sure what that means. Um, or, like, or it's like, is that like a, what is that? That seems like a strange thing. Or I've heard a little bit about that. When someone asks you, what is spiritual direction? Uh, how do you answer that? And how is that kind of as a part of your practice, a part of how you're uh, helping leaders out there?
3: Spiritual direction is really just a context of meeting with someone who is trained to really listen to. The Lord, the Holy Spirit is actually a spiritual director, not the person. The person that calls himself the spiritual director and has learned to listen and hold space and invite somebody else into God's presence and to listen together to what God is saying and what he's doing in the life of the person who's coming for spiritual direction. Mm. It can be something that can help someone really w- work through a healthier rhythm of life of this inflow outflow that Bill talked about with spiritual disciplines and adjusting their spiritual disciplines to something that is sustainable for them and life giving for them. And that changes over time. Mm. It can be a safe space for somebody to be able to get really honest with God and themselves and another person where they're not going to be judged or controlled, or there isn't going to be a big fallout for them. That can be really important, especially for a leader. We don't have very many safe places.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Bill, when you're engaging with someone um, who maybe comes and says, hey, they're kind of sticking with the conversation. We've been having this kind of frazzled leader who's maybe come to the the end of themselves uh, this year. um, How do you help them? What kind of how are you helping guide them through those that early conversation of even identifying where they are and what some of those initial first steps should be? What does that what does that look like? How do they how do we help people identify you know kind of what they should be doing or what some initial steps could be
2: uh, towards
0: uh, you know a more holistic approach to to life and to ministry?
2: Yeah, we have a model that we use for how we listen and guide people. So whether it's in the spiritual direction or it's in our, our institute trainings and retreats that we lead or going into churches and, and training church staff and uh, lay leaders. Uh, we are working with what we call the CHRIST model, and so it's six stages of faith, and we're using CHRIST as the acronym because Jesus defines the journey of our life. He he, he sets the model for us, and uh, uh, the best news is not only is he set the example for us, but he actually helps us reach mm. the goal. He, he's mm-hmm. uh, by his grace, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God, Jesus is changing us. So we guide people through these Christ stages uh, mm-hmm. and uh, confidence in Christ and help in discipleship, responsibilities in ministry, probably hitting the wall after some years uh, and responsibilities in ministry, and then the inner journey and spirit-led ministry and transforming union.
0: Mm. Love that! I've been I'm furiously writing notes here. This is so so good. Um, In in a couple of those er, early stages, can you pull apart? I don't know. Pick your favorite. Um, You know, what what would you like to kind of pull apart to help us understand a little bit more? When you think about these six stages of faith.
2: Well, what happens is that um, you know in our churches we're we're pretty good at helping people in those first three stages of confidence Mm -hmm. in Christ. That's the C stage. Mm -hmm and then help and discipleship, the H stage, and mm-hmm. responsibilities in ministry, the R stage. And so our churches are really good at helping people come to faith in Jesus and be born again, cross over the line, and, and mm-hmm. begin a relationship with God, learn about the Christian life, and, and moving in, in help and discipleship with learning the doctrines, learning to get into scripture, get in a small group, and learning different spiritual practices to grow spiritually. Uh, and then in the our stage of responsibilities and ministry, discovering your spiritual gifts and how you can make a difference in the lives of other people, getting more involved in the church as a helper, reaching out to the community, going on mission trips, even you know everybody has a gift, everybody has a call, and and let us equip you and empower you. Let's do it together, you know, here at the church. And so mm. we're we're constantly bringing people through these stages. What what is harder for us in the church world? And and a lot of this is just because of how we think today and and the pace of life Mm -hmm. today and the expectations that are on pastors and sort of the kind of the the consumer mentality and the need for great efficiencies and programs and systems that we have a lot more difficulty with the second half of the Christ journey. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the dividing uh, transition point is the wall. Which usually happens in the middle, and so in our model, you might hit the wall at any stage, or even before coming to Christ. But the the most common place, and, and you might hit the wall more than once, uh, but mm-hmm. is in after some years in the R stage. And what's happened mm-hmm. in this pandemic is that our, our whole culture is at the wall, and in mm-hmm. whole churches are at the wall, and mm-hmm. uh, pastors are bringing us into care for and train their staff and then their small group leaders and and then their church, which is the right order. You want to, you want to start at the top and let's, (laughs) let's, let's pray. Let's, let's, let's learn together. Let's uh, be a community and and see what God's saying to us and then bring it, bring it down to the other, other leaders and ultimately to the whole church, because there's just been so much exhaustion at at this wall. And so Mm. we, when we talk about the wall, and there's a lot that we could unpack there. But the gist of it is, you know, we all have trials in all the different stages, and we talk about that in our model. But at, at the wall, the trial becomes a place of stuckness, where our, our discipleship is stalling. Mm-hmm. We're, we're spiritually dry, and it's not just, you know, a day or, or, or like a season. It just feels like it's like unending. and Or we've got faith questions that aren't being answered, and, and we, can't, we can't make sense of that. And so we, we help uh, people make sense of what's happening at that wall and to see that one of the key things that's happening in, in the trajectory of the Christ stages is that the Holy Spirit is drawing us towards the I stage of the inner journey. And this is, this is a, a stage or a phase of, of deep reflection and growing self-awareness and a stage mm-hmm. where we, we need a, a lot more than some of the, the traditional spiritual disciplines. And that's one of the big takeaways in our journey. To the soul model is that at different stages there are different needs and different challenges, and different soul care practice, different spiritual disciplines that are likely to be most helpful. So now we, we can personalize the discipleship process, uh, not only for ourselves as leaders, but for all the people that we're ministering to. And so the I stage is a great example of this because the the, the disciplines aren't as much about like Bible reading or getting out and serving. Uh, or even you know, worshiping in church, and th- or even just uh, applying the scripture to our life in a small group. All those things might be helpful. But at the wall stage, there's a big change in that. Well, now I need to slow down the activities because mm. we're like in a potential mayday here, where some people mm. like leave the church or mm. uh, uh, give up on their faith. Because mm-hmm. they, they get so threatened and so stuck and so disenchanted there. So we, we've really got to go with the questions that are being asked and join the Holy Spirit in providing empathy there. And that's what a spiritual director, so we have a team of spiritual directors that help with this, but that's what a spiritual director can do for a pastor or a leader is to really come alongside and, and listen, listen to God, as Christy was saying, and listen to the the person, what what, what they're feeling and, and make, make sense out of that to begin to work that through and now this is doing that inner journey work that cultivates a greater intimacy with God, which then, in turn, in in, in God's time and by God's grace, can lead us into the later S and T stages.
0: Hmm. That's fascinating. Love that. That's a great uh, great explanation, Christy. When when you've encountered leaders who um, maybe they're they're with you, like, listen, yes, I have definitely hit the wall, <laughs> but um, I'm resistant to the inner journey. I'm like, for whatever reason, it's either. I, you know, we associate that as like, it's pushing in the wrong direction or for some, some reason, how do you engage with someone and say, Hey, no, as a, as a Christ follower, as a person who's serving in a church, um, it's important for us to take that inner journey to, to really slow down and to listen, Hey, what, what are, um, what's God saying to you? And what are you saying to yourself? What's the internal dialogue that you're, you're having with yourself? What, what do you say to a leader who might be resistant to that, uh, uh that idea at this phase?
3: Yeah, there's two things that really get us over that wall and into the inner journey. One of Mm -hmm. them is pain is just going to get so bad, it's going to finally push us. Mm. Or the other is vision can pull us. And so Mm. as we start to give them this vision for how God is actually with them in this desolation at the wall, Mm. and that actually the desolation is a consolation. It's an act of His grace because He has Mm. so much more for you Mm. if you will press in. We have a symbol for each of these stages we use, and the symbol for the inner journey is a shovel, because Mm. it's like we are letting the Lord, we're joining the Lord, we're putting our hand on that shovel, and we're going to let Him kind of dig down deep and and uncover some things in our soul that are sick and kind of discover under the soil some things we've been repressing, finding and freeing us from some parasitic wounds, and letting His grace and His love and His his healing touch come there so that then in our ministry we become empowered as, as a wounded healer mm. and we let him uproot some weeds that are there some of these weeds we get attached to we like them they mm. they produce flowers they're big they're kind of showy they, they look like a lot of quick growth but there god wants to plant something there That's going to be incredibly fruitful for his kingdom. But it's painful sometimes to dislodge some of this stuff and we get defensive. Mm -hmm. So by giving them some of a vision of this and also by helping them take a few little steps of getting more emotionally honest with God and themselves, Mm -hmm. that also helps them because they realize how much then that they are defended and how much of their false self they're depending on. And they start to get more of a, a an experience of the weariness and the energy that that's taking mm. and also giving them space and permission to be honest about some of their doubts or even just how their Christian life has become duty or mm. how apathetic they are kind of, well, I guess this is all there is really to serving God.
0: Right. Yeah. I love, I, I love that. So good. And you know, there's that weird paradox um, that sometimes as leaders, we, I think we propagate, which is we believe that God loves us for who we are that he, we don't have to do anything to to gain his his love and credit uh, but then what happens is we work really hard <laughs> And we like, and and there, and that can get really blurry in our heads. It can get, bl- and even blurry in how we lead other people that we think somehow if we just keep going, keep doing things, uh, and that somehow we will earn God's love more, we'll, we'll somehow through those works end up uh, gaining more favor from him, which just is not true. Um, but that can be really difficult. Why, you know, Bill, why do you think that's so difficult for so many leaders to get their head around that reality and to walk in that, to actually live uh, out? of that that place
2: well i think uh, rich we, you know we, we get a theology of grace of course and, and our uh, we're, we're students of the word and um, a lot of us have been through seminary or, or bible training and so we 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 learn to think carefully about uh the christian life and that's so important but it's not the whole thing and so mm-hmm. what happens is we, we get a sanctification gap we get a gap between what we know intellectually what we believe our, our doctrines, what we profess, uh, even what we've given our life to and in, in our work, but the gap between that and how we're actually living, how we're operating, uh, the habits that we have. And so we we can believe and teach about God's grace, but not so much be living into that in terms of our own dependencies and patterns of uh, self-care or uh, letting God care for us and our, our own um, just operating procedures for how we deal with stress and deal with work and deal with relationships and situations getting getting grace worked into the nooks and crannies of all that is is the real uh opportunity of spiritual formation and discipleship love it and well, we can't Christine, do that on our own i think is what i wanted to say there is important yeah. we, we, we sometimes we think we should be able to do it you know me and my bible or me and my prayers yes, and so and true. i mean god is all powerful so that that's great but my faith is not, and so my faith needs the support of a, a Christ ambassador, you know, 2 Corinthians 5.20. And we read that verse, and we always apply it to, okay, I'm Christ's ambassador to others, and, and that's intended, but we need to flip it around and say, okay, well, sometimes I need Christ's ambassador not only to come to faith in Jesus, but to grow in my faith. and Mm -hmm. and to live out this life of grace. And so that keeps us honest. Our our relationships Mm -hmm. or talking with a spiritual director or a a mentor, a soul friend, it keeps us honest with what's really going on in in our life and in our emotions and our relationship with God so that we can begin to integrate it and and close the sanctification gap.
0: Oh, I love that. I love... uh you know there's the the anabaptist idea theology of community hermeneutic which i think is just such a powerful idea that we we understand scripture and our spiritual growth is intrinsically tied to other believers and that we have to uh grow in our faith in connection with others and which doesn't sound like such a radical idea but but it is because so much spirituality out there does seem to portray this idea of like you on a hill somewhere lonely that you can grow. And that actually, um, you know, that, that idea would say, that's actually not true. You know, we need the body of Christ. We need others in this case, uh, you know, spiritual directors is a piece of that equation for sure. Well, Christy, so you and Bill wrote a book together, which is amazing. That's a journey in and of itself, uh, you know, writing together Uh, this, this book, we want to make sure people know about it. It's called journey of the soul, a practical guide, to emotional and spiritual growth. Uh, Christy, tell us why you decided to uh, to put the time, effort, energy, work, blood, sweat, tears uh, into uh, getting these ideas down into a book form. What, what kind of drove that for you
3: guys? Well, it really was a sacrifice of love because mm. we really wanted other people to benefit from all mm-hmm. God's given us through mm-hmm. our studies in psychology, through the over 70,000 hours of Being in the pool of pain with people, listening to Mm -hmm. them and understanding and journeying with them, reflecting and learning through our own journey, the, the ups and downs and, and hitting the wall ourselves and pressing in through deeper growth and, and healing and freedom and learning the joy of spirit-led ministry and greater intimacy with Jesus and the fruitfulness of ministry that's sustainable. We wanted that for the church. And also, God really gave me a vision that He would use this book to help us to understand these different stages that people in our church are in and our family. And as we understand them, we can have a greater empathy for each mm. other instead of mm. the judgment that we so quickly and easily go to. When somebody is in a different stage of life, we can tend to feel uncomfortable with the differences and judge that. And so we wanted this as a model that would be really healing to the church of understanding these, this developmental model and also understanding that God is working in us as emotional beings as well as spiritual beings and that that growth is catalytic together.
0: hmm so good. Um, Bill, I, as I was uh, you know, familiarizing myself with the book a little bit, I was struck that this, although would be a great individual read, uh, I really do think it could be great in community, small group, maybe as a church, that sort of thing. Um, how were you picturing this book could be could be helpful in a local church. Uh, what what was kind of the the profile of the the community that kept coming back to mine, or maybe one you know multiple profiles of how you could see the, this book being a helpful resource in churches?
2: Yeah, well, our favorite thing to do is to spend time with the church staff, uh, the pastors, uh, others on staff, and to train them in Journey of the Soul and to uh, teach them the model and. Uh, Listen to their questions and do some scripture meditation and quiet prayer together, and do some soul talk together, and care for their souls, and help them experience the journey of the soul and experience the Christ stages and locate. Well, what's their current home stage? Where where are I, Where are they on this model? Which is a a cyclical model. It's not a, not a linear model. We we move back and forth and. At any stage, we can be healthy or unhealthy. We can be more loving to God and others or or less so. And so, learning this model, applying it to my life, and then coming together within that for for strength of community and for strength of of our mission. And then from there, to bring that into the small group leaders and the small groups. And so, we help pastors Mm -hmm. create, uh, make it real simple for them. They go to journeythesoul.org and we've got all these resources related to the book. There's a a leader guide that we wrote, there are free videos. There's a, a playlist of worship songs with 30 songs for each of the stages to, to learn them in a fun way. And, and then because our contemporary Christian artists are amazing with their their uh, wisdom and, their, and their, their poetry to, without even having read the book, they intuitively and in so many of the songs, they're able yes. to cohesively speak to these different stages because what we've uncovered and put language to is what's been in some of our psychological and spiritual models for for decades and even in some cases centuries, and we just put it all together, most especially with mm. the scripture and, and the very life of Jesus himself to p- articulate these stages in ways that are simple and engaging, and as Christie said, celebrating it for all the people in the church so so we love it when we can bring the book to the the pastor's people, ultimately the whole church, so that mm-hmm. now the, the, the leadership of the church can begin to think through, okay, how are we doing discipleship in our church? And how would it be helpful to us to learn this Christ model and to do our programming around that so that we don't lose people in the later stages and so we don't have this divisive conflict between the more maybe basic, simple-minded thinking that might go with the earlier stages and then the more uh, integrative, paradoxical, mature thinking that goes with the later stages and understanding those differences and those different languages and the different feelings to help people learn how to talk to each other with empathy and with respect and celebrating the goodness of each of those stages and yet learning that well in any stage there can be slipping away from Jesus and out of health and we want to be aware of that that roadblock and what's the special ministry of God's grace at that stage and so as you learn the model it really affects your thinking about how to help the people in your church grow as disciples of Jesus
0: yeah it's so good I, you know one of the things that we we know is just true Kind of post pandemic, or as we're kind of coming out of this, whatever the phase we're in, it's hard to even know what what yeah. phase we find ourselves in these days. But one of the things that's just true statistically is we know that there's about twenty percent of people who called themselves church going Christians in March 2020 um, who today aren't attending anywhere. They're not online. They're not connected at all. And you know, part of what struck me as I went through this, it was like, hmm, I wonder if if this could really help us as we think about a more holistic, broader view of ministry that, that could actually end up helping us as we try to think about how we can serve, um, you know, people that are in a whole bunch of different phases in their relationship with Jesus. If actually a part of the reason why we've seen some of that um, kind of departure from the church is because maybe we haven't been um, really living out or displaying or, or effectively communicating a kind of broad ministry, and so I, th- I think this would really be a great book for people to pick up to help wrestle through to think about some of those, uh, you know, some of those issues. Christy, where can people uh, pick this book up? Where where do we want them to go if they're looking for, you know, for them or for maybe a case of ten for leaders at their church? Where do we want to send them to pick those up?
3: Journey of the Soul is where you want to go and okay. at journey of the soul, there's also sermon outlines. There's everything for your church. If you wanted to bring this to your church and also just for you individually as well. So mm-hmm. the journey of the soul.
0: Perfect. That's great. And that's com or Dot org. Journey of the soul. Dot org. Or, or perfect. Great.
2: Well, this is available this is wherever very... books are sold, obviously. Yes. So the, yeah, the book and wherever. The guide. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. And it really is. If you go to the, the website, journey of the soul.org, I was, uh, blown away by how many other resources as an author um you know you've done a lot of work in putting this book together but then everything else that you've put around it is it's amazing and so thank you for that what a gift to uh to churches and again i would encourage you dear listeners to uh check that out
2: we want to make it else? fun for the, the the pastors and the people so like there's even soul yeah. talk cards on there like a deck of playing cards and each right. card has a bible verse on it and a soul talk question And it's really graphically designed in an appealing way because we really wanted to write this book for the pastor's people, so that the pastor not only had soul care for himself or herself, but for the people, a, a language to talk to them in and in a way to reach them.
3: And we love the love church, it. so definitely bulk discounts are available. Sure.
2: Great.
0: Good stuff. Bill, anything else you'd like to say just as we uh, as we wrap up?
2: Well, you know, it's, just, it's so fun to join with you, Rich, and just talk right to the the pastors and the leaders, because you, you're you the hope of the world. You're the hope of your city. And the most important thing happening in your city is what you are about in your church and the, the messages, the community, the discipleship process that you have, and where are people going to get this knowledge about uh, the things that matter the most in life, about love and joy and peace, about how to resolve conflicts, about how to live your life with purpose for God. And so yeah, it's just such an honor for us to do anything we can to support the soul care of pastors and leaders and to put tools in your hands that are going to help make your job and your ministry and your discipling easier and more effective. Nice.
0: Well, thank you so much. Appreciate your time today. Thank you for for being here. And again, we'll send people to journeyofthesoul.org. Uh, we'll have links and all that in the show notes. Uh, thanks so
2: much for being with us today. Thanks baby. for having us, Rich.
3: God bless you.